Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, right here in Spencer, Iowa, coming to you this, the 23rd of March, a rather snowy March, actually, snowy day here in this part of Iowa, as we look to celebrate a Vesper service here on the midweek of Oculi, or the third Sunday of Lent, or the third week of Lent. Now, today we will talk about the second article of the Creed. The past few weeks, we focused on the first article, then we focused on the second article of the Creed and our Lord's humiliation, and today we still look at the second article of the Creed, but looking at our Lord's exaltation and coming judgment. With that, let's turn to our Vesper service with our opening
O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man, that thou art mightful of him, and the son of man, that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth! Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth! who has set thy glory above the heavens. The epistle for this third midweek Lenten series on the Creed is written in the second chapter of Hebrews, beginning at the fifth verse. Brothers, for he didn't subject the world to come, of which we speak, to angels, but one has somewhere testified, saying, What is man that you think of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he subjected all things to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. But now we don't see all things subjected to him yet. But we see him who has been made a little lower than the angels, Jesus, because of the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that by the grace of God he should taste of death of everyone. For it became him, for whom are all things, and through whom are all things, in bringing many children to glory, to make the author of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will declare your name to my brothers. Among the congregation I will sing your praise. Again I will put my trust in him. Again, behold, here I am with the children whom God has given me. Since then the children have shared in flesh and blood, he also himself in the same way partook of the same, that through death he might bring to nothing him who had the power of death, that is, the devil and might deliver all of them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For most certainly 
He doesn't give help to angels, but he gives help to the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he was obligated in all things to be made like his brothers, that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make atonement for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Apostles' Creed The first article. What is the first article? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Jesus said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you, that all things which are written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds that they might understand the scriptures. He said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send out the promise of my Father on you. But wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high." He led them as far out as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he blessed them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Rend your heart and not your garments. And turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, for he is gracious and merciful. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, for he is gracious and merciful. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We who are baptized in catechesis, we are taught to confess in harmony of one mind together in Christ, the Creed, where we confess the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Sanctifier. Now, catechesis always comes in question and answer. So as we teach, we ask the catechumen to echo back what was taught to him. 
On the second article, what we ask is, what does it mean when we say, I believe in Jesus Christ? And we answer, I believe that Jesus Christ, the true Son of God, has become my Lord. To which we must ask, how has Jesus Christ become my Lord? In his incarnation, by his humiliation and exaltation. Now, last week, we focused on that first one, our Lord's incarnation and humiliation, how our Lord debased himself by taking on our flesh and shaming himself by taking on our sin and taking it to the cross and there becoming sin for us. He redeemed us, became our Lord by purchasing and winning us from all sins, death and the power of the devil by his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, by being crucified, dying, and buried for us. That is, in short, Christ became our Lord by his incarnation and humiliation. And all of Christ's humiliation we see during the church year, from Advent to Christmas, Epiphany to Lent, all the way to Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. But the Son of God became our Lord not just by his humiliation, but also by his exaltation. For if our Lord was humiliated and remained in the grave, if he had never risen, we'd have no hope. We above men, Paul says, would be most pitied. But the Son of God did rise again in the flesh in glory. So then, the Son of God became our Lord also by his incarnation and exaltation. Now, many tend to think that our Lord's exaltation begins on Easter morning with his resurrection. However, It begins even before that. Hear what our Lord tells Nicodemus. He says, No one ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. The Greek word for lifted up also means Exalted. So just as Moses exalted the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be exalted as he is lifted up. Our Lord's crucifixion on the cross was the, de- was the deepest depth of his humiliation. But at the same time, as the evangelist John shows us, it is also the height of his glory, his exaltation, where his light invades the darkness of the world as he is lifted high up on the cross. For on the cross is where our Lord suffered in humiliation, and on the cross is where our Lord proclaimed it is finished, winning for us forgiveness and eternal life, paying the punishment for our sin, redeeming us with the price of his flesh and blood. The cross is where the temple of his body was destroyed, and on the cross is also where the kingdom of God was established on earth by his pierced flesh and blood and water which flowed from his side. So then, on Good Friday, we see not just the deepest depths of our Lord's humiliation, but also the greatest heights of his exaltation, the greatest height of our Lord being lifted up. In our church here, what follows Good Friday is the church's silent, somber observance of Holy Saturday, or also known as the Great Sabbath or the Great Rest. On Holy Saturday, our Lord descended into the depths of hell, and many think he descended there, into the place of the dead, to suffer before arising the next day. But that couldn't be more wrong. Our Lord did not descend into hell to suffer, for our Lord's suffering and humiliation was over when he proclaimed, It is finished. No, our Lord descended into hell to celebrate, to brag of his victory on the cross, 
while he danced over his enemy's crushed head with his pierced hands and feet, where he showed the trophies of his piercings to all the demons while he proclaimed the captives to be free. He went to hell to show that the devil's weapons, his weapons of sin and death, were used to defeat him and now have been stolen from him. You see, on the great Sabbath, on Holy Saturday, as our Lord rested from all the work which he had done in Holy Week, he celebrated as the stronger man over the strong man. Now understand what this means. Our Lord, in his incarnation, in the flesh, into which we are baptized, rested in his tomb as he celebrated in hell. No other man can claim that they've danced on the crushed head of the devil, but Christ can, who is also fully God. The church, in her excitement and anticipation, when it comes to Holy Week on Holy Saturday, she can't wait to celebrate our Lord's resurrection, which is why she gathers her people at sundown at the vigil of Easter on Saturday night, waiting for the clock to strike midnight for the third day to come, so that early in the morning she can be there when her Lord is spit out of the tomb like Jonah was spit out of the beast of the sea. For when the lights are thrown on in the darkness of the vigil, we celebrate our Lord being risen, and we sing with great eagerness the word of celebration which we haven't sung since Lent began. On Easter Day, our Lord is lifted up, exalted, from the depths of the dead to life again with the living, for he is met by angels who roll away his stone and women who cling to his feet and disciples who run to his empty tomb. Now understand what this means. Our Lord in his incarnation, in the flesh into which we are baptized, was raised up from the dead and the depths of hell. What other man can claim that he ascended from hell that his dead body on its own came to life? What other man can say that he stood and folded the cloth which covered his dead face? No man can make such a claim but Christ himself, who is also fully God. Now, 40 days after Easter, the church confesses and celebrates he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. The church in our day and age really has the unfortunate habit of overlooking the feast of the ascension of our Lord. When our Lord, on that day, before the disciples' eyes, ascends upon endless ranks of angels, is lifted up from this veil of tears, which is our reality now, to the heavenly reality before the angels and church triumphant that the church tends to overlook this feast is really a travesty because this is when our Lord is lifted up and given all power and dominion over heaven and earth. This is when our Lord in the flesh and blood, this is when a man has all his enemies put under his feet where the head of the ancient serpent remains crushed forever. Think of it. For a little while in the flesh, our Lord was made a little lower than the angels. And now, ascended into heaven, our Lord wears a crown not of thorns, but a crown of glory and honor for all eternity. Now understand again what this means. Our Lord, in his incarnation, in the flesh into which we are baptized, has been taken up into heaven. What other man can claim to have ascended into heaven to the right hand of the Father, 
being given dominion and power over all of heaven and earth, all of creation. No man can claim that but Christ himself, who is also fully God. And there at the right hand of the Father is our Lord in the flesh and blood, looking at the Father as he calls you, the baptized, his brothers, as he advocates there for you with the piercings in his hands, his feet, and his side. That is why after the season of the church is past, once we go from Pentecost all the way to the end of the church year, we celebrate the day known as Christ the King Sunday, because that is when our Lord will return just as he ascended, with his crown of glory and honor upon his throne, coming to judge the living and the dead in his second advent. Our world is full of those of the flesh and blood, men who rule countries, run companies, who vie for power and lust after it, those who desire men to follow them, who desire to judge men themselves, who put down any who stand in their path. Now, some men in this life, they do become powerful enough where they can pass judgment, the judgment of their wicked hearts on other men. They can force men to bow down to them. They can put others to death. But no one in the flesh and blood, no man, can claim that he will raise all from the grave and have all men from all times get on their knees praising his name and then judge the living and the dead. No man can claim that but Christ himself, who is also fully God. Now, understand what all of this means. Our Lord in the flesh and blood had his glory beheld on the cross as he was lifted up. In the flesh and blood, he danced on the crushed head of his ancient foe. He was lifted up from the dead and raised back to life. He ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father, and he will come back in all glory to judge. All of this he does in his incarnation, in the flesh and blood, in his exaltation. You who are baptized, you were baptized into his death and you were baptized into his resurrection. You were baptized not into just his humiliation, but also into his exaltation. So that it's not that you just suffer with him now and he with you, although that's true. But soon you will be glorified with him in the life to come, just as he is glorified. So that just as his flesh was put to death, so is the flesh of your old Adam being mortified. Just as his flesh rested and celebrated in the tomb, so will your flesh rest in your tomb as your death in this life mocks the devil who will be unable to touch you as your body lies there dead. So that just as his flesh was raised in glory and honor, so will your flesh rise anew in glory and honor. That is, your flesh will arise anew by and in the flesh of Christ no longer stained in sin, no longer with illness, no longer with disability, but perfect, just as he is perfect. So that just as his flesh ascended into heaven, so will your flesh be made anew and ascend into the new heavens and the new earth with him where with him you will also be given all power and dominion over all the new heaven and the new earth. 
you will reign with him. To the point that Paul says the saints will judge the world and we will judge angels. Because our Lord did not suffer his humiliation to remain in his tomb and to leave us with no hope. But he suffered to redeem us so that, as Luther says, we may be his own and live under him and his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. All eternity. For the Son of God became our Lord, that is, our Redeemer, in his incarnation, by his humiliation and exaltation. The humiliation and tribulation of this life, they last for a time. But our time of exaltation in him and with him will be for eternity. So then, over these past few weeks, we've learned the first and second articles of the Creed. We've learned that we are to believe that God created us and that we owe him obedience for all that we have. We've learned that we are to believe that the Son of God has redeemed us and has become our Lord. But if we were left there, if the series ended here, we would still be in trouble. Because we cannot, by our own power and strength, believe and come to faith in God the Father and God the Son. If it were left to our own power, we'd remain dead in spirit, and the cross would be inaccessible to us. It'd be there, but we'd have no access to it. Because faith must be created in us. We must be given power to believe. We must be given power just to receive all these things. That is to say, we need the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is him whom we will talk about starting next week. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
a certain woman of the company lifted her voice and cried, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. But Jesus answered, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. certain woman of the company lifted her voice and cried, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. But Jesus answered, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send him help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 
Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Lord God, Heavenly Father, in the second article of the Creed, you teach us that your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the greatest gift of your love for us. He is truly God, begotten of you from eternity, and he is truly man, born of the Virgin Mary. He has become our Lord and Savior by redeeming us from all sins, death, and from the power of the devil with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. We no longer belong to the devil. Sin and death have no power over us. Jesus did all this that we might be his own and that we might live under him and his kingdom in the protection and safety of his everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness for all eternity. For all that Jesus has done for us, we give you thanks and praise. Forgive us for trusting in any work of our own for salvation. Forgive us for doubting your love and the precious gift of forgiveness we have in Jesus. Grant us, through the grace of your only begotten Son, to believe with absolute confidence that our sins are forgiven and that we stand righteous before you for Jesus' sake, because he is risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. We beseech you, O Lord, grant us that being taught by wholesome fasting and abstaining from harmful vices, we may the more see our wretchedness and value your forgiveness. We beseech you, Almighty God, look upon the hearty desires of your humble servants and stretch forth the right hand of your majesty to be our defense against all our enemies. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing that you have created and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength and abundance in thy towers. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness. Through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast so graciously protected us this day. And we beseech thee to forgive us all our sins and the wrong which we have done, and by thy great mercy, defend us from all the perils and dangers of this night. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for our Vesper service this evening. And join us also this Saturday as we have a Matins podcast coming out for the fourth Sunday in Lent, also known as Light Hair Sunday. And we'll be back next Wednesday as well as we continue our series on the Creed. Next week, we'll focus on the Holy Spirit and Him as a person of the Trinity. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.